Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host, Erin Todd. I'm a writer and an intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's right. Our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose. Woo! Woo! Yes, girl. We are so excited to have Trudy Lineski as a guest on the podcast today to share a little bit about her God story, her food story, and about the lessons the Lord has taught her along the way. Trudy is a God girl, wife, mama for living today better than yesterday. Trudy Lineski is surrendering and reaching for God's guidance in all areas of life. She's a blogger, author, and speaker with a heart for women and teen girls, leading, guiding, and directing them to find their identity in Christ alone, motivating women to live the best version of themselves through the plans God has for them. Born and raised in small town Abbott, Maine, Trudy graduated from Juniata College in 2000 with a bachelor's in early childhood and elementary education. She married her college sweetheart in 2002. She taught in the Philadelphia school system for four years before returning to school to get her reading specialist degree at the University of Pittsburgh. In 2005, she began her journey as a mom, and the rest is being written. Before we jump into our conversation with Trudy, as a reminder for all of our podcast episodes, this program is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you to see how those principles align with scripture so that you can improve your relationship with food, your body, and God, and cast out dieting for good. Okay, welcome Trudy to the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. Yay! <laughs> Thank you We're for so having me. Excited to have you. Woohoo! <laughs> so, I like to get us started by having the listeners kind of get a peek into your God story and like where that started for you in life. Did you grow up in church? When did you meet Jesus? Tell us all the things. <laughs> Okay. Well, in fact, I don't know, or I don't even remember a time that I didn't feel Jesus. Um, I know we experience him in a different way, but as a child, I always had those strong feelings of like right and wrong and those convictions in my heart. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, my, I was in fact, the, the van drop off kid. That was me. Um, if my parents did anything right, that was the number one thing. They dropped me off at church. So I was actually surrounded by a community of followers who just breathed God into me um, every Sunday. We In Maine, we don't have the Wednesday church like we do here in Kentucky. Um, but at that moment um, or in that, in that time period, I, I never felt uh, a time when I didn't have him. Um, so... That was my God story. It wasn't until I was a freshman in college and I'd come home to that little community church in Maine uh, that I was actually saved. I was sitting next to a friend in church and there was an invitation, there was an altar call, and I followed through on that. And it was one of those 
textbook, Holy Spirit, this is time. I feel his actual push <laughs> toward the altar. And, and that's my story. I um, Later on, I met my college sweetheart. Uh, we got married in 2002. We have four children. Uh, we did, there were stages where we walked away, not completely walked away, but we weren't consistent in attending church. We weren't um, intentional about finding where we belonged within the church community. And, um, but it was my firstborn that made it very clear that we needed to make more of an effort to get in church and live it daily. And so we, um, there was a time when we lived in New Hampshire that we had a very strong small group and we were high, we were involved in in a church there, and it's just been a continuous journey. Like I feel like every day I'm learning something new. Um, so yeah, I love that beautiful, <laughs> like long-standing relationship there. Yes, yes. I mean, we I, of course we had times when we weren't as um, involved as we needed to be. We weren't working on a relationship with God. And, um, but now it's, it's a priority. It's a daily thing. We live it out loud in our home every single day. And we want our kids to see that. And that matters to us. Yeah. So how, okay. So now tell us a little bit about kind of your food body story and how your faith um, was involved or wasn't in that. Yeah, it was, it was a huge journey. Um, I was never, so my dad is Scandinavian built, like he's Viking straight up. (laughs) He's, he's half Finnish. He's a big dude. Um, So I've always had a big frame. I, I never remember focusing on body image or anything like that as a child or teenager it wasn't until we were getting married and I wanted to fit into the perfect wedding dress that I started dieting. And at that moment I got down to a certain size. I was able to wear, you know, this beautiful dress and culture validated that. They encouraged that, you know, through compliments. And um, so at that point, you know, we went on our honeymoon. <laughs> it was like, forget it. <laughs> the diet is out the window. <laughs> free food, free drinks. Oh, it went out the window. Um, fast forward to hmm, about nine years later, I had gone to the doctor's office and they weighed me. And I weighed more than, than I did when I was pregnant with my fourth child. And I, um, at that point had seen other friends doing uh, workouts at home. I reached out to them and I became a part of a multi-level marketing company that encouraged um, dieting, encouraged working out. It, um, after losing weight, And getting those compliments from friends, getting compliments from social media, working this business that encouraged us to get a transformation, have results, 
because it's there that you're going to find success. It became an obsession. I beat my body to submission, um, multiple half marathons, multiple marathons, um, yo-yoing from one diet to another. I'm talking like keto, fitness pal, uh, little containers, (laughs) all the diets, all of them. I've tried them all and I would, I would gain and lose the same weight over and over and over again. It was a cycle. And it wasn't until I think it was 2019 that I was in this cycle of gain, lose, gain, lose, binge. At this point, I, if I had gone to a counselor, been to a doctor, they would have diagnosed me with binge eating disorder, um, emotional eating, all the things. I was not in a good place mentally. And, and I felt this God whisper. Um, to do a three-day water-only fast. Now, in my heart of hearts, if I was honest with myself, I'd messed up, quote unquote, messed up so many times. I needed to get back to, you know, I, I needed to get back on track. Like that's the reason why I was doing the fast. But <laughs> as God works, <laughs> in that fast, it was there that He basically told me I needed to lay the diet down, the body image, the diet, the idol of the scale, the idol of my pant size, the idol of the validations that I was getting in all the wrong places. It was How did that come to you, Trudy? Like, like what did that actually sound like in this three-day water fast? God showed you like, hey, I'm not okay with this. This isn't okay. But like, what, how did that actually come to you? It was basically a whisper of where, where, why are you searching? What are you looking for? You know, what are these idols doing for you that I can't, you know, you are enough, you are worthy. um, And you don't need all of this, this searching, this void in your heart. I can work in and through that and we can do that together. Um, So just lay down. It was just, I think my quiet time in the morning is when I hear God the most. Um, Mm -hmm. It's when (laughs) my kids are still sleeping. (laughs) It's when I'm in the word. It's when, um, when he meets me right there. And and it was one morning during the fast. It was, I I think it was the third day. I think it was the third day that at that point, (laughs) your body is so tired. Um, But it was just like, lay it down, Trudy, lay it down. I have this. Um, And I had, I had seen, or I had friends who had recommended intuitive eating years in advance. I had the book. (laughs) I had it. Um, But it wasn't until then that I was like, wait a second, what does it look like to just lay this down? So he had already put that in my path. (laughs) I just needed to be like, I needed to be faithful in walking that out. And what did that look like? And we were on our way to, I think it was a soccer game one morning and I'm Googling like intuitive women or intuitive eating. And I was like, well, yes, I want to eat intuitively, but I want God in that. So it was funny. Like (laughs) I Googled like Christian, Christian intuitive eating. And it brought up Charlie. (laughs) Yay. Yay. You know, the funny thing is, 
I had met Aaron months before that. I met no. Aaron in July. The story <laughs> kills me every time. <laughs> God planted that seed months ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't follow through. I didn't follow through with that. I, but there were these God whispers, like reach out to Aaron, reach out to Aaron, reach out. And then life would distract me. That happens with four children. Like, <laughs> mommy, mommy, mommy. Um, but yeah, it, there's no doubt in my mind that that God put you all in my path for a reason. He planted those seeds along the way. And it was me needing to get my head in the right place and my heart in the right position in order for him to work in and through that and for him to deliver me from this constant hamster wheel of diet culture mm-hmm. and body image and idolatry and all of that. So what did it look like for you when you started? And what did it look like with God? <laughs> with God. I mean, we could talk for hours on this one, girl. You know, we could. <laughs> <laughs> so I, right off the bat, I Googled Christian uh, intuitive eating and, and Charlie popped up and I worked with Charlie for months and she saw me through the very beginning, through where I am today. Um, you know, I, I, I would reach out to both of you and be like, tell me how to do this. <laughs> I'm a rule follower. You tell me what to do. You know, that's why diets work for me, right? This is what you eat when at a certain time, how much? And (laughs) Aaron, tell me, Charlie, tell me what I need to do. And now I see like, now I see like I needed to walk that out. You know, at first it was a honeymoon stage. It was like, I'm going to eat all the things, (laughs) all the things. I started in, let's see, it was September of 2019. So the holidays were fast approaching. I ate all the things and I enjoyed all the things. I I went through the principles of intuitive eating. I think probably not necessarily in order. They were kind of all over the place. I think at first the hardest part was um, noticing my hunger, like, and honoring that, noticing, okay, is it, am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Giving myself permission to eat, which sounds insane now. Like, it's okay, Trudy, you're hungry, you can eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, and just challenging the, all those food rules that had been ingrained for years. Like, and sometimes that looks like me just saying, Jesus, like, no, Trudy, it's not time to eat. No, Trudy, that's too much. No, Trudy, you're eating too many carbs, like Jesus. Because at that point, that was my cue to be like, uh-uh, no. Like, that's not of God. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it kind? Is it praiseworthy? Is it from God? Is that thought? Is it diet culture? Or is is it God breathed, you know? So it, it's definitely been a process. Um it's accepting that I need to buy a bigger size and that's okay. Like my, my body wasn't meant to be or manipulated into something that God didn't intend for it to be. Mm-hmm. And so having peace in that and staying deeply rooted in his word, surrendering any thought that I need to look a certain way or, you know, dress in a certain size or be a certain number on the scale, just surrendering that 
and processing my fears too. What am I afraid of? What are they? You know, um, am I afraid of, you know, my husband having an affair? You know, am I afraid of not being enough? In whose eyes and why? Um, am I afraid of that larger size? Uh, am I afraid, you know, the list could go on and on, but a constant surrender of like, okay, God, these are the raw, real, vulnerable fears I have. I'm going to lay them at your feet and I'm going to ask you to work in and through those. And I'm going to ask you to give me truth in, in return. Like w- what are the God truths that I need to hold on to in order to debunk the diet culture that's so deeply rooted in my heart and in my mind? It was a daily struggle. And if I'm honest, like it still is, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's just like walking with the Lord. I mean, you are, you're walking <laughs> with the Lord in this struggle and yes. it's, it's forever that you're just walking it out. Yeah. And I think so, at first, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go. I think at first I was like, okay, when is this over? <laughs> when am I at the finish line? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the finish line is. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we all want to be at that finish line. Don't we? <laughs> I want my medal. <laughs> it's not how it works. It's a constant, you know, constant daily surrender to the Lord. It's a constant daily surrender to give Him, give Him all of those things, body image and yeah, our, I, our little idols. I totally agree. And surrender was a huge. Um, part of it for me as well and something that I have to also daily come back to. And I think it's just such a big kind of like, oh, like I know what that means intellectually, but what is it actually like? How does your surrender look? Because I bet you it might be even a little bit different from mine, but like what is your um, daily surrender? Or if you had a big surrender too, like what did that actually look like? Describe that for us if you could. Okay. Um, it looks like your kingdom come, my kingdom go, right? Like, God, let me walk in your will, not in my agenda. You know, um, as far as dieting goes, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to eat today. Who cares? <laughs> I have a meal prepped for the week. I don't care. Like, whatever's in the fridge, we're good. <laughs> um it's, yeah, it's surrendering those thoughts, those, you know, and if we're not careful, there's little, little enemy thoughts that come in our mind that tell us that we need to do certain things. We need to exercise. Oh, you had dessert last night. You need to go work out. No, (laughs) no. And just being okay with, you know, some days, I'm not able to work out some days. I'm, I'm homeschooling my children now. And some days I can't, that's okay. Like any, any thought that's not of God, any thought that challenges any thought process that um, asks me to believe that I need to be anyone other than who he's created me to be in his image, like surrendering that thought. And like I said, sometimes it's just like, Jesus, take this thought, like take that thought captive, like, 
sometimes it's I'm throwing scripture back at you thought <laughs> not today Satan I'm throwing it back at you um but some days it's like no Jesus <laughs> so tell us about I would love to hear kind of like what this looked like in your family life like how what what did your kids see what did your kids experience what what did this bring about in your family life So it was hard. That was another, a, a gut check for me. Um, I didn't want my daughter or my boys growing up thinking that mom hated her body. You know, that I didn't want my daughter seeing me step on a scale every single day, because at that point, that's what I was doing every single morning. I'm talking, get on the scale, make sure my ponytail holder was out, get on the scale, absolutely naked every single day. Been there. <laughs> Been there, done that. I laugh because I think Lisa Turkers wrote about that in Made to Crave in her book. <laughs> yeah, take out the ponytail holder. I did not want my daughter seeing that. I didn't want my son seeing that. Um, and in addition to that, my platform is for teen girls. And how am I going to be a leader for them when my, my validation comes from body image, comes from all these things, comes from diet culture, comes from you know my accolades when it comes to running races. How am I going to raise that next generation? How am I going to encourage them to seek first the kingdom of God when I wasn't living that out myself. So that was convicting and it needed, it needed to change. Yeah. So as your kids kind of watched you change, right. They had been watching the little containers and the weighing and measuring and the, you know, <laughs> they had like been through that all. And then yeah. like, what was their reaction as you joined in on some foods that you previously wouldn't eat or like, what did that look like? <laughs> um, actually, Charlotte, I think the first time I had cake, um, that was, <laughs> yes, cake. Let them eat just cake. said cake and I just started dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dancing with you. White on white, oh right, Erin? <laughs> Sorry, your cake. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let them eat the cake. Okay. So I had this, as long as I was on this diet path, I could only eat cake when it was my kid's birthday because I earned it. I birthed them. I could have the cake. It wasn't until I laid all of this down that my kids actually made a cake and I ate it. I mean, how ridiculous does that sound? Like my kids went through the effort of making me a cake and I ate it. <laughs> and, and that was a huge celebration for them. They're like, oh, you're eating cake. You can eat that? Because there was, there was a time when no matter where we were, mommy can't eat that. Mommy can't eat that. But now it's like, no, mommy can eat anything she wants. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and, and, and that was a process for them. And, and I, I hope that they are young enough to, to see that switch. Mm -hmm. especially um, my daughter is 11. And so she, 
she's an intuitive eater by nature. Like she's just intuitively eats. Like she's just a little like picker, like she pick, 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 pick <laughs> all day long. And it's the most random things, but, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a process of, Oh, you're not on a diet anymore, mom. Like, mm-hmm. nah. <laughs> We're not on vacation and mom doesn't have to pack her food. We went to Paris, y'all. We went to Paris. We didn't go out to eat. Paris, <laughs> where you can have, I know, right? This is insanity. <laughs> I'm crying now. I was. I want to go I'm back. <laughs> I just want to go back just so I can experience Paris <laughs> in the foodie kind of way yes. I should have in the first place. Mm-hmm. I, I think about that now. And what a wasted time. Like, And the culture of France. And the way they eat is the coolest, you know, they, oh, yeah. it's like an hour, hours, they, dinner is hours long. <laughs> and I missed out on that. And I look back and I regret it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a process, but now they know now they're like, eh, yeah, mom can eat that. Like, <laughs> Hey mom, do you want to yeah. make brownies? Yes. Let's make brownies. Hey mom, you want to make cookies? Sure. Let's make cookies. And it's all in. Yeah. You guys do a lot of baking. I mean, it's like you were left out of a lot of stuff because I've seen how much baking y'all do. And so I love that it's, you know, something that your kids can see you modeling a healthy relationship with food and body, but also just the togetherness that results when in the community and just like that bonding and all the things that happen around a table, like you're not missing out on that anymore. So that's just beautiful. That's a more full um, family life and many senses of the word. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And you know, if, if I'm honest, there were times when we were baking these things together, I would choose not to eat whatever it is that we baked. And then I would get mad at myself and I would you know, eat the food. Oh, I've messed up. And here goes the binge eating cycle. You know, (laughs) when, if I would have just had what I wanted in the first place, then that wouldn't have been its result. And, and that's the way it is now. Like, Oh, I want, I want what they're baking. I'm going to eat it. And there are, there's zero guilt attached. And so I, I'm encouraged by that because my kids get to live that too. And you know, we kind of look at diet culture and laugh (laughs) as a family, like, what are you doing? It doesn't work. (laughs) I love that. Yes. (laughs) If it worked, you wouldn't be doing it over and over and over again. So this episode of intuitive eating for Christian women is brought to you by our podcast workbook. Sisters, did you know we want you to go deeper with this podcast by treating it like an online course? The podcast is free. But when you purchase our $7 podcast workbook, you can turn your listening into living. When you combine the podcast with the workbook, you're basically getting an online course developed by a registered dietitian for just $7. Season one contained our four foundational teachings and an episode for each of the 10 principles of intuitive eating. We unpacked so much, specifically from a faith-based perspective, And it's all just sitting there waiting for you to go deeper. It's not too late. If you're new to the podcast, just go back and listen to season one. Or if you've been here for a while, just go 
go back and listen again and work through the content with your podcast workbook in hand. We specifically designed season one episodes to go with this workbook. So don't miss out on this powerful resource and this incredible value. It's only $7. Get yours today over on our website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. That's intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. Now back to the episode. So, okay. I want to go back to the surrender part because I just, that sticks out for me um, so much and it's so important and it's so difficult and it's so important. Did I say it was important? Like <laughs> it's important. Kind of it? a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering like this surrendering of diets and laying down the idol mm-hmm. that, you know, you heard God whisper that to you mm-hmm. and you followed through Bravo for obedience, sister. Well done. <laughs> um, that is a, you know, that's kind of a big moment. Like a big surrender can almost be easier than the little surrenders. I mean, that was, I'm speaking out of my experience now because it was out of fear of the Lord that I got to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then the daily surrenders, it's just, um, it's not as clear. And maybe I didn't hear anything profound and personal from the Lord that morning. And it's harder. And I'm just, I'm thinking of surrendering kind of as like a muscle we're building up. And if there have been other big moments of surrender in your life that helped you know, like, okay, well, I surrendered this before Mm -hmm. and the Lord delivered and brought me through. And so it's like, it's safe to surrender and you kind of get used mm-hmm. to it and you build yeah. that strength of surrendering to make the daily ones less of a grind <laughs> and more of a simple joy. So did you have any other big surrenders is my question. And um, uh-huh. just uh, so my biggest one would probably be my husband's stroke. Um, he had a stroke back in 2016. And at that point, I could do nothing. It was out of my control. Um, uh, the, I called the ambulance right away. He was able to get medicine within 40 minutes. We did have to travel in an ambulance, but I couldn't freak out. There was, (laughs) there was no freaking out in that. Um, I needed to do the next right thing. And he basically was a miracle. He walked out of the hospital 24 hours later um, as a stroke patient, which is unheard of. And, and God really showed up in that moment and, and saved my husband. So there was that surrender. And that's a big, big deal. Um, also my daughter um, and my children in general, but specifically my daughter last year in school was a rough year. It was a rough year. The, the bullying, the labels that were put on her brought her to a dark place where she began to believe that she was um, she was not worthy that, that she was worthless and God really showed up in her life. And honestly, she is a warrior on fire for God, um, because of everything that she's been through. Uh, so that's just, it's encouraging to, you know what, God, like I'm going to control the controllable and I'm going to give everything else to you, you know, I can't control my body. I can't control the cells inside and what they do. I can't control 
I'm tired. Like I'm tired of manipulating my body and beating it into submission. I give it to you, Lord, because you've worked in those circumstances and you'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's constant. It's definitely a daily moment by moment um, repositioning of your heart, repositioning of your thought processes. And um, yeah. Oh, is there like, was there any lining up of your daughter learning her true worthiness and you learning yours? Yeah, I I feel like we came alongside each other and it was, it was, it was really beautiful actually, because the, the scripture that I would spend time in, in the morning, I would grab her Bible I think I would grab her Bible and I would highlight it and I would write notes in it. So whatever was going on in, in my um, quiet time, I would spill over into, into her as well. Um, So, so yeah, it was definitely a partnership. It was definitely mommy's realigning her validation. I'm going to realign my worth. I'm going to realign my values. I'm going to realign how God sees me and who I am. Because if we're not careful, those lies will dig deep little holes within our heart and our mind and make us believe things that, that aren't true, that aren't of him, aren't scriptural based. Um, I think it's so brave and so powerful to let your daughter see some of your struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I see that you're struggling to know your worth and your identity. And guess what? Mom struggles with that too sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this is, and this is what I do about it. I get into the word. I pray. I, so you really, you really showed her like day by day, how to walk that out. Yeah. Yeah. We we're a very close family. We, 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 we share everything. It's we're, we're immersed. Like we don't, we don't probably to a fault. (laughs) There's no modesty in this. (laughs) But, but yeah, I, I feel like this world is so loud. It's so noisy. Social media, let's add that to the mix right now. Um, mm-hmm. The world is fighting for the attention of our children. And if we don't teach them where to stay grounded, they're going to find other identities that aren't necessarily um, who God has called them to be. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really important for us as a family just to, you know, not to just walk it out on Sunday and Wednesday, but to walk it out every single day. You know, my kids wake up in the morning and where am I? I'm in the office. I'm in, in his word and I'm writing notes and I'm taking notes and, and, and they know that we're going to share together. And that if, you know, if there, if we see a prayer need, we're going to immediately pray about it, whether we're driving down the road and I'm open, <laughs> my eyes are open and I'm still praying, but you know what, there's an ambulance right there. We're going to pray. Like we're going to, we're going to pray for whoever's in that ambulance that, that God put the right positions in their path and that, you know, that God take care of them. I think the time has never, ever, ever been more important for our children to stay deeply grounded in their identity because 
there are just too many things grasping for their attention. I'm glad you brought up social media because I think that's as much of a problem for the women and moms as it is for the daughters. Yes. If we're real here, which we yes. are. Yes. Yes. So, we are. What what did the Lord show you about social media and like what was the healing that took place with that um, in terms of transitioning from dieting and worldliness over to um, intuitive eating? Mm, girl, it was a process. It was a process that uh, I still have to um, check every single day um, because of the multi-level marketing company that we both worked for, um, we were told that we, our niche market is who, whichever post gets the most likes, comments, and whatever, that's who you are. So, and we were told at one point that we, we were, (laughs) yeah, hello world. Um, (laughs) I am who somebody else says I am. No, that's not biblical at all. That's not even a little bit. Um, we were told to post like three to five times a day. It took so much of my attention, so much of my attention, so much of my, uh, it, I was distracted. I went through life completely distracted for years because of social media. Um, but then there was this heart pull of like, you're missing out, Trudy. You have four kids. You're miss, you don't need to be scrolling. Like, lay it down. And then there are times, and if we're honest as women, we look at somebody's highlight reel and we begin comparing our lives and wondering why God hasn't blessed us in that way. And it's definitely a uh, conviction of mine. Okay, if I pick up that phone and I open up the app and my joy, you know, if, if social media leaves me feeling worse than when I found it, it's time to lay it down. Mm-hmm. And there was the point in November of this year or 2020, I took it off my phone because mm-hmm. I didn't, it was too distracting. It, it, you know, there's science based on social media and what it does to our brains. Dopamine, dopamine is um, sent when we, we get that notification, we get that like, we get that comment. It's, it's the same hormone that's released when you do drugs or, um, and it, and it leaves you wanting more. Like, have you ever felt like, oh, I have my phone. Oh, I need to check and see if somebody responded. I need to check if I got any likes or comments. Like, if we're feeling this way, imagine what these teens and tweens are feeling like. Yeah. I don't know what it would have been like if when we grew up this was going on. I mean, I was I was in a pit of my own making. I didn't need anything. Social media is so exactly. It is so dangerous exactly. for adults. I can't I can't even get my head around um, how to navigate Social that. Social media would have been around like when <laughs> I was in junior high. <laughs> it would have been so bad. Yes. Like I was so awkward. I went through so many awkward stages. I did so many like weird, embarrassing things. <laughs> yeah. It was all like posted on the internet. <laughs> oh, I know. God. Well, now people are, they're, you're living your life for the next, next post worthy moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's not nice. I heard that the other day, and that expression makes me so mad and sad. It's like, is this Instagrammable? (laughs) It's like, what does that mean? Oh, help us, Jesus. (laughs) Right? Am I so worthy? (laughs) Yeah. I I noticed I definitely had that phase where that was my um my lens for how my day was going with like, how did it look like it went? Yep. Not how did yeah. it actually go? <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's so like the distraction is the perfect word for that. I mean, yeah. like it, it's the same distraction for me that dieting was because it was a way to, um, to earn everything, you know, a way nice. to earn attention and love and um, status and all of the things that it supposedly gives you, but doesn't actually give you. Exactly. And um, yeah, distraction. That uh, that reminds me of. Oh man, I'm taking it way back. One of like our quotes <laughs> from maybe the first episode. You know, lies. Diet culture lies. It's deception and distraction. And it's like yeah. if they're not going to outright lie to you, they're just going to get your attention over here yeah. with something yeah. else that is that is you know eternally insignificant. Exactly. Exactly. Distractions. Oof. So, I mean, (laughs) how do we, how do we not get distracted? (laughs) I chase squirrels, Trudy. I I got that expression. (laughs) Me too. My brain just wants to run after the shiny thing that moves in front of me. (laughs) Yeah. It's so easy to do that. Um, So what are your, like, what has worked for you and, and not getting distracted? How, how can you be intentional um, and set up boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and for your kids. How do you do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, my kids aren't allowed social media. I might be the mean mom, but that's a boundary that we set a long time ago. Um, we, we've seen the research and what it does to our teens. Add a pandemic, you know, isolation and all that brings. And I really don't feel like social media needs to, you know, highlight any of their insecurities or flaws. Um, so boundaries for me, I don't have it on my phone. I can't, um, I can check it in the morning. I check it on my computer and make sure I, you know, I don't miss any messages just because I do run a group for teen tween moms. Um, and a lot of my kids like activities, um, their coaches have groups for their teams, but I'll check in the morning and that's it. And then maybe at night before I go to bed, but I don't, spend time on it at all. And if I see I, that I begin to scroll and uh, then I, I immediately call myself out and get off because nobody has time for that. I mean, this is real life. You know, you know, the days are long, but the years are short and I have four kids. I have no time to be comparing myself to others. You know, I have Comparison is a thief of joy, y'all. <laughs> yes, it no, is. There's no and really, you know, full circle. Like that really is what diet culture and everything comes back to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That really is like the the root. That's what we're we're striving after. We're comparing ourselves with the ideal body or whatever it is, and then and, and then trying to achieve that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The life thief, right? Yes. And in in all honesty, I was missing out on life. 
we, I was missing out on opportunities to enjoy, um, enjoy my children, enjoy my family. Um, I'd step on the scale and I wasn't a certain number. So that determined my mood for the day. And, and it was, it was a life sucker. It really was. Yeah, and, and it really kind of takes power. It does. It gives mm-hmm. Satan that power mm-hmm. to just determine, you know, that you're not worthy. You're not enough. And you'll never be enough. You messed up again today. You got to starve yourself. You know, or mess, yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, Trudy, before we wrap up um, with some rapid fire questions, oh no, <laughs> I'm raising my eyebrows in, <laughs> okay. in a challenging way. Um, <laughs> I want you to just um, leave us off with some encouragement for the mom who maybe isn't quite ready to surrender, but she hears what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. And what is some encouragement for her? Maybe she's still got one foot in the dieting world. Mm-hmm. What would you want to say to her today? I would say ground yourself in God's word. Listen and be very open to hear his Holy Spirit guidance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm honest, I think at the very beginning, I was there. One foot in, one foot out. Like, yeah. do it. Um but it's doing the next right thing according to God's heart pull. And we know it's his heart pull when, when it's biblically sound, when, um, when it reminds us that he doesn't make mistakes, you know, and, and we are not a mistake. We don't have to do anything to earn his love and affection because we're already approved in him. So just take the next right step for you. And that's, it's not an overnight thing. It's a journey. It's it's a dance, right? Erin says that all the time. It's a dance. Um, And some days you'll feel like, oh, I messed up with that. What is that? That's diet culture. You got to check yourself. Um, Mm. uh, There's freedom in this. And when we are so deeply rooted in diet culture, we we feel like there's, there's this guilt, there's, there's shame, condemn, condemnation. Hard for me to say that word, <laughs> but um, that's not of God. That's not of God. So girl, I just want you to be free. Um, I want you to have the freedom that we have. Uh, and that doesn't involve any rules with regards to food or exercise or anything like that. So. Hmm, I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So before we do our little quick questions, I want you to share um, what resources you have for the moms, for the daughters, where they can find you online and just um, give us all the, the contact info for, for Trudy Lineski. Okay. Okay. Actually, I run a Facebook group. It's called Raising Kingdom Girls in a Fallen World. Um, so I do have that. I, my I love that name, by the way. I just love that name. <laughs> Say it again. It's so good. <laughs> Raising kingdom girls in a fallen, fallen world. My goodness. Yes. Honestly, though, I feel like I need to do a boys one now too. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Raising kingdom girls in a fallen world. It's a Facebook group, 
Facebook group. We have about 285 people in there. So it's of moms of teens and tweens who struggle on the daily to navigate this crazy, crazy world. So, um, and then my website is www.trudylineski.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Trudy underscore Lineski. And I'm actually starting a Bible study next month. Um, and that's with Glory Girl. And um, that is written by Jess Connolly. And it's for tween girls. I'm super excited. So, um, cool. yeah. That is so awesome. Well, we'll link out to everything uh, in the show notes. Okay. But for now, the most important question I'm going to ask you today. <laughs> we ask everybody this. I love what it just gives us just a little glimpse into you. Coffee mm-hmm. or tea and how do you take it? Okay. Coffee. In the morning, I have to limit myself, right? Like you got to intuitive drink, intuitively drink your coffee. That's right. <laughs> Some days I'm like, whoo, that was too much. <laughs> coffee in the morning and I do all the cream. Mm, I know diet culture says "Mm -mm, not today, but for me, I do the cream. (laughs) Good old cream and coffee. Can't go wrong. (laughs) I do the creamer, the creamer with the sugar. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I love it. (laughs) No, I love it. I look forward to it on the daily, my Bible and my coffee and my creamer. And yeah. Okay, we have a few more just for fun. Okay. Um, what's your favorite breakfast food? Favorite breakfast food? Muffins. Straight yeah. up oven. <laughs> Pistachio at our lo- local coffee shop. So good. Sometimes they're warm and gooey in the inside, and those are my favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Powdered sugar on top. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love when there's sugar on top. <laughs> Um, the name of your first pet? Trixie. She was a mutt that was like black and white. <laughs> Trixie, and she was a dog. <laughs> um, just off the top of your head, your favorite part of being a mom? Oh, my goodness. God's faithfulness in that. Oh, yes. Amen, girl. <laughs> that's all I ever wanted to be y'all I know that sounds insane but I all I ever wanted to be was a mom and some of my friends look at me and they're like really you didn't have any other aspirations I was like nope I just wanted to be a mom but um he's so good and and their gifts and I am so grateful that I, I get to be their mama it's a blessing Um, I know this changes with the season and with whatever, but like right now, what's your favorite book in the Bible? Oh my goodness. See, this one's a hard one Um, (laughs) because it does change. It does change. Um, I love Jeremiah. I I love all the prophecies and it's my favorite right now. (laughs) Yes, today. (laughs) Today. Okay. And what's something like something fun or little that you can do now that your time isn't being sucked up by dieting? Read. Yes. Read. Yeah. You know, I I read in the morning. um, I'm a nerd. I'm a geeky. I want to know all the history of the Bible, when they were written. I want to know the cultural backgrounds. and I've always spent time in the word, but not in depth the way that I am right now. 
And in the evenings before bed, I'm, I read, you know, just random fiction stuff Mm -hmm. that, um, right now I'm reading Francine Rivers masterpiece and that one's pretty good. Christian fiction kind of drama ish, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love that reading. (laughs) That seems like a little thing, but it's like, actually that's kind of important. Like you enjoy that and you're getting nourished by that. And, uh, it's a way to, um, relax a way to go closer to God and something you are not, I didn't have time for reading before either. And now I'm like, I'm reading up a storm. So like that one (laughs) resonate with that. Trudy. I love that one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So silly, but. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being open and sharing with us today, Trudy. It was a blessing. Well, thank you. I, I, Seriously, the this relationship right here between you two, it's a divine appointment. I have zero doubt. God planted those seeds. I just wasn't listening very well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm truly blessed by both of you and thankful for you on the daily. Yay. We love you, Trudy. <laughs> would, you, uh, would you close us in prayer? I would love to. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, I thank you for these women. I thank you for their hearts and their willingness to be obedient in your call, Lord. Um, I thank you for intuitive eating and the freedom that it brings, that we no longer have to be slaves to worldly worldly views and values, um, that you give us perfect peace when we rest in who you've created us to be, Lord. Thank you for the women who have been set free because of this message. I pray for the women who need to hear it, Lord, that you tug at their heartstrings and draw them nearer to you, freeing them from the constant striving and a need to look and act a certain way, Lord. Um, We weren't meant to loathe our bodies, Lord. Um, You created us perfectly in your image, Lord. You don't make mistakes. And I just pray that the women listening can just hold on to that truth today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 It is a joy to share this message of intuitive eating for Christian women with you. We have so much fun creating podcast episodes and resources to teach you the principles of intuitive eating, specifically through a biblical lens. And the reality is it costs us something to put out the podcast. We can't spread this message of revival without help from women like you. If you find value in what we are creating, would you prayerfully consider supporting the podcast by becoming a monthly member? For less than a price of a fancy cup of coffee, you can support Intuitive Eating for Christian Women by joining our membership program. Help support our ministry for just $5 a month, and we will give you gifts every month in the membership site. You can check out all the details on becoming a member by visiting our podcast website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com slash support. That's intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com slash support. This podcast was produced by Oh Shoot Productions and made possible by the grace of God and the support of women like you. Thank you for being a part of the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women community. We'll see you in the next episode.